Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in South Florida, it's time for South Florida Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of South Florida Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Diaz Trade Law, your customs expert. Today on South Florida Business Radio, we have Norman Katz with CatScan. Welcome, Norman. Thank you so much, Lee. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about CatScan. How are you serving folks? Well, Lee, I've, uh, I'm celebrating my 26th year in business. I started January 1996, and I help companies with supply chain execution from data to transactions to software to operations. I focus on multiple levels of supply chain uh, performance and execution in helping companies internally and externally uh, with their supply chain uh, partners, whether they are customers or suppliers like third-party logistics providers or, or contract manufacturers in helping my clients, the companies that I help, improve and strengthen their relationships with their customers and their supply chain partners. So what drew you to this industry? Um, was this your whole career in, in, in this space? Well, I, I started my uh, career uh, about 36 years ago as, as a programmer, and then I progressed to programmer analyst, business analyst, IT manager, and I was primarily working for consumer product companies. Uh, I, I did work for a, a few traditional manufacturers, but um, I have uh, pretty much stayed in the consumer product space my entire career. I've uh, helped in some, uh, uh, some other industries like uh, pharmaceutical, medical products, electronics, uh, book publishing, but um, primarily in the consumer product space. And so uh, the 11 years that I was in corporate America really did uh, provide a very, very good foundation for the consulting that I've been doing for the last, uh, for the last 26 and a half years. And then when you moved into, I guess, focusing in on supply chain, over those years, it must have changed pretty dramatically with the advent of all the technology that we're utilizing today. Well, there are certainly uh, additional technologies that are in use today, but the three core technologies that I specialize in enterprise resource planning systems, electronic data interchange, and the ubiquitous barcode are the same technologies that I started with 26 and a half years ago, and they've really been around since the 1970s, 1980s. The science behind those technologies has, has improved as those technologies have really remained resilient and consistent through their use in the supply chain. And so if you really want to participate in the supply chain today, you still have to rely on those technologies that are, that are decades old. So the science behind those technologies has improved, but those three core supply chain uh, systems or technologies are really the ones that are still utilized today in all major supply chains. So those foundational um kind of, I guess, software and operations, are those things that, is that good that they're still around? Uh, because then at least there's a common language, or is it kind of, have they run its course in your opinion? Well, uh, it, 
it is good in the sense that um, there are uh, there are industry standards. There are standards for retail, standards for the electronics industry. Uh, everybody knows the ubiquitous barcode, uh, even, even as much as radio frequency ID uh, has has its place in the supply chain. Radio frequency ID did not displace the ubiquitous barcode. EDI, electronic data interchange, is a data standard. It is not a data language. And EDI is maintained uh, by a subgroup of the American National Standards Institute. Um, so um, EDI is used to exchange business documents in an electronic format, purchase orders, sales orders, invoices, ship notices, warehouse releases. And so even as much as EDI ha is, is uh, very, very flexible and that flexibility, even within a standard, uh, causes a lot of headaches, um, EDI being a data standard um, it does allow for a certain level of consistency within uh, supply chain use. Now, what is the typical uh, problem that your clients are having that CAT scan is the solution to? Well, um, a lot of my uh, a lot of my clients, especially in the consumer product realm, uh, face uh, what I wrote my second of three books about: vendor compliance chargebacks. So when they sell to retail, if the uh, retailer supply chain requirements, whether they are technical or operational, and often they go uh, hand in hand together, are not complied with 100%, the retailer will take money right off the invoice before the invoice is paid. So those financial penalties are called chargebacks. And the chargebacks can be uh, so severe that they can wipe away a profit uh, right off of uh, right off of an order. So um, I happen to have a very, uh, I think, unique niche in uh, supply chain vendor compliance, and I've been able to help uh, companies really, really knock down tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in supply chain vendor compliance chargebacks. Um, in the in the help that I pro, uh, have provided to them. So, how did you stumble upon this niche? This niche. Well, uh, again, I have to credit um, the uh, career that I had in corporate America with um, with providing the foundation uh, that I uh, have built my consulting practice on, and uh, just uh, helping companies uh, over the years in. Um, uh, in in this specialty area, um, ERP, EDI, and barcode labeling and scanning are part of uh, not only the core supply chain technologies, but are significant players in um, uh, keeping supply chain uh, penalties, chargebacks, reduced. It comes down to uh, certain good operational practices good master data management between the company and not only their customers, but today as uh, outsourcing warehouse and distribution operations to third-party logistics companies, to contract manufacturers, is more prevalent. It really, really takes a lot of uh, coordination in, in your supply chain to make sure that everybody has um, good understanding of what their responsibilities are 
that your communication is accurate and timely with your supply chain partners, and that uh, data and transactions are uh, being communicated accurately and very, very timely to meet the very, very rigorous needs of your supply chain customers, especially if they're retailers. Now, you mentioned uh, chargebacks. Uh, chargebacks, uh, they're the obvious um, kind of marker that something's gone amiss. How do you kind of go back and find the breadcrumbs to where the real problem lies? Uh, obviously, the, the chargeback is the result, but there must be clues along the way that, hey, this is where we need to shore this up because those systems are so complex and there, there's so many interweaving parts and so many different people touching everything. Well, you're correct. And the chargeback reasons provided by the retailers tend to be very vague and nondescript. So there is actually some uh, detective work, investigative work, analysis work that I have to do in order to trace back the chargeback reasons to the operational and or technical sources as to why the chargebacks are happening. And uh, fortunately, I, I've got I've got a lot of experience in doing this, and um, and it really does come down to understanding um, what the chargeback reason is and being able to again trace it back. And I think that a lot of it uh, has to do with just my experience in in doing this for uh, for so long. Now, how have you seen kind of industry evolve? Um, I mean, I guess with the advent of Amazon in, and so many other companies that are, are selling direct to the consumer now and they're bypassing stores. Uh, I know still a lot of people go into stores, but it, it just seems like so much stress on the system. Well, the selling direct to, to consumer is, is a great business model. And... Um, uh, you know, using companies like Amazon as a as a platform for for some folks that are looking to sell their products is a is a perfectly great way to go. Uh, a lot of people don't know, and and if we take Amazon as an example, Amazon actually is two different companies. One is their marketplace, which most people know is the more direct to consumer model. Amazon never really touches those goods. It just is the use of their software platform to connect a buyer and a seller. But Amazon also does have traditional fulfillment where Amazon does touch the goods that a vendor is looking to sell. And so in the more traditional fulfillment model where Amazon touches the goods, Amazon has the same rigorous supply chain standards that Target does, Walmart does, Macy's does, uh, or or grocery stores do. And so um, while the uh, marketplace type model, again, is a, is a perfectly great way to go, I think that the brass ring for a lot of companies is to still sell in that fulfillment model through retail, because it certainly is a, a more higher volume way to go. And the retailer is often involved in the promotion of the product. Now, is supply chain supply chain, so it doesn't really matter what uh, industry you're working in? Well, 
that's actually uh, a, a very good point, and there is a lot of truth to that. I think that some industries have looked to other industries for, um, uh, for tips as far as supply chain goes. Uh, a, a purchase order is a purchase order. Uh, I mean, the, the definition of the business documents really don't change. Uh, an invoice is an invoice. And what an invoice means in one industry really does mean the same thing in another industry. So I, the, the definition of, a supply, of, of what a supply chain is really, uh, I think, is agnostic from, from one industry to another. Certainly, the definition of uh, the business documents are, are the same from, from one industry to another. The content of, of a business document in one industry to another uh, is uh, going to be different depending on the nature of the industry uh, and and the and the requirements. But uh, overall, uh, the the a supply chain in one industry is going to be effectively a a supply chain. Now, are there any? Um, if you were to educate a layperson about the supply chain, and uh, how would you like? How would you describe it? Um, in terms of it can't it, it's not just moving goods you know from a, a ship to a shelf there's so many moving parts there's so many people who have to kind of communicate and get along and and kind of help each other you know push that product all the way down to the consumer's hands how do you kind of describe you know the work that you're doing in the industry that you're in to folks who aren't familiar well that's a very good question. And from my standpoint, it, you know, where I help my uh, my clients is um, I often act as a relationship champion. Uh, sometimes I say I act as a marriage counselor between the companies I help and their software um, providers, uh, their customers, their contract manufacturers their uh, third-party logistics providers. The, and I'll go back to the fact that data has to flow consistently. Transactions have to flow consistently, and, and the data and transactions have to flow uh, on, on a very, very timely basis. So what does that mean? That means that all the partners have to uh, communicate clearly and communicate on a on a timely basis, and uh, that's really a very very good foundation uh, for for what a successful relationship sh- you know should be all about: timely and effective communication. And this is not always the case between supply chain partners, and so. A lot of what I do is to ensure that timely and effective communication is being done between, again, the companies that I help, which tend to sit in the middle between their customers and their contract manufacturers and and distributors. So what's been the most rewarding part of the job for you? And, you know, obviously you must still have a passion for it for doing it for so many years. Yes. Mm. I really, really do love what I do, and <clears throat> part of that is I I get to help my clients uh, solve some sometimes very, very sticky problems, and I 
I, I do enjoy that very, very much. And it helps my clients grow. And I think that, that's, that those, are, those are two great things about uh, what I do uh, for a living is that I, I really enable my clients to, to grow and I, I think become the companies that they, that they really aspire to be. Uh, Lee, we, we live in a very, very commoditized world and, and, it, and, it's, and it's just become more commoditized, I think. So supply chain execution is the real competitive edge. And I'm not sure that a lot of companies really understand this. And so uh, the, the company that does appreciate the fact that if they can out-execute their competitors, they can win the day. They can retain their customers. They can... Um, they, they can they can get their products not just to their direct consumers, but they can get their products more solidified into the stores. And uh, out executing your your competitors, as long as quality is the same, features and 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 whatnot, is really where companies you know should be focused. And so um, again. Timely and effective communications, whether it's data, whether it's transactions, this is uh, this is where execution really, really needs to be focused on. And if I can help a company do that and become the company that they want to be, you know what? Um, the employees are happier because they're not fighting, you know, frustrating battles that make their jobs harder. Companies get to grow, hire more people, and it's just a it's a win 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 for everybody. So you're kind of reframing this like supply chain doesn't have to be a kind of a necessary evil. It can be a competitive advantage for kind of companies no, that look that way, look at it that way. Yes, ab- ab- absolutely. And I, I've been, I've said this for a long time that as as difficult sometimes as the retailer requirements are. And I, I am the first to say that uh, um, retailer or, or in other industries, customer requirements um, can, uh, can sometimes be overly burdensome. There are, there are certainly aspects of those requirements where um, implementing them makes a, uh, makes a vendor company a, a better run operation better inventory control, uh, better order fulfillment uh, practices, um, has a company step up and, and even force, forcibly implement a, a, a more up-to-date ERP system or, or get rid of paper and utilize EDI or put barcodes on, on things and have better inventory management and, and, and better, uh, better fulfillment um, uh, management. And so, you know, sometimes um, companies that were reluctant to update themselves are forced into it in order to be um, supply chain players. And if they look at it like an investment uh, rather than a burden, they are uh, they are better companies for it. So if somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Well, the, the website is easy. K-A-T-Z-F-C-A-N dot com. 
Well, Norman, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. Lee, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pre- uh, pleasure to to speak with you, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to tell my tale a bit on on your show. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on South Florida Business Radio.